It's time for Out of Bounds. Two beauties! With William Quackenbush. Slow your roll. The, the show goes till three, loser. And Ben Milstead. My gosh, we need an intervention for you. Be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. If Bama can hold him out, perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson. Touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. Out of bounds. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. If any of you need anything at all, too bad. Deal with your problems yourselves like adults. It's time. All right, let's do this. Match point, touchdown, etc. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the roar on a Wednesday, February 7th. 2024. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead with you. I'm live at Doug Kingsmore Stadium, and I'm going to tell you what, folks, it is an absolute beauty. We're outside on the patio, uh, just outside the team meeting room down the first baseline. Currently, it is sitting at 49 degrees, but the sun makes it feel like 69 degrees, uh, if that. It may be a little bit warmer. Um, very little breeze. This would be perfect. If we could get this uh, next week, man, that would be absolutely golden. And uh, we're going to have lots of interviews coming today, scheduled to be joined by pitching coach Jimmy Bellinger and head coach Eric Backich, uh, right-handed pitcher Rob Hughes, and, uh, of course, uh, outfielder Will Taylor going to join us, director of ops Brad Owens, scheduled to join us through the show today. And uh, we start the show with a little bit of a quicker uh, tempo than usual um, and we do it because of the historic nature of Clemson men's basketball's win last night on the road at number three, North Carolina. Ben Milstead was in the building and got to wave goodbye to uh, thousands of baby blue-clad uh, Tar Heel fans and then take a picture on the floor for good measure. Ben, how are you, sir? I am uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, Quok. I am a little jealous that you're there and I'm here because I do love – baseball day but um you know kind of kind of fighting a little cold and stuff and just figured yeah probably not the best idea to be sitting outside today well and it gives you a chance to ease back into the day after what was uh anything but easy day last night uh fun day for you uh what was it like in the building um i i need i need sights and sounds and smells and experiences and everything that happened last night in the dean dome where the tigers End up getting a big old win, and like if you, I mean, if you've been living under a rock, eighty seventy six, Clemson's second win all time in Chapel Hill. What'd you What'd you see last night? Well, it it was like most games up there, uh, where you, you know they, Tario fans are. I mean, they're good fans, <laughs> whether you like it or not. They're 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 good fans. Uh, it's a it's a fun place to watch basketball. Obviously, it doesn't it doesn't always go. Uh, it rarely goes the way of the opponent, but it's it's still. A, I mean, it's a it's a good environment in an old building, and a fan base that loves their loves their players. And man, they love that building. Let me just tell you, 
I mean, they 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 love those those fellas. Let me tell you. Quag, <laughs> um, I, I tell you a little on, on the fly radio here. Do you have another headset turned up? Uh, you know what? I do. I, I can turn it down yeah, though. That'd be Bam, fantastic. Cause that yeah, that's better. good. Yeah. Yeah. Much you know that's. That's what happens when uh, the uh, the engineer is gone and your boy's trying to you know your boy's trying to do uh, somebody else's job or the job yeah. somebody else is better. I appreciate so that. So we press on. There we go. Yeah, I, I know. Th- I, I I apologize because I know that was driving you nuts. The uh, the mic picks up the the earphone part. So yes. Um, you know my my take last night might surprise you a little bit, Quark. I don't think Clemson necessarily played some out-of-this-world game. I don't think they did a whole lot of things that they haven't been doing all year. Um, I, I, I mean, the margin between the way they performed last night versus some of the losses, it's it might not be as big of a gap as some people think. What did change last night is that you made baskets, and you made baskets early. And I think jumping out to a big lead like they did not necessarily the lead, but just seeing the stinking ball go through the net, it snowballs just like misses do. And, and I, for me, that was what was important in the game. I thought North Carolina played a pretty good game too. They, they were flat coming out. There's no doubt about it, but uh, listen, when you got into the second half and they made a run and, and they ultimately tied that thing up at one point, um, they were anything but flat, and the building was anything but flat. But by then, I I, I think you had allowed Clemson to gain momentum, and, and more, maybe more important than momentum, last night was confidence in shooting the basketball, and that carried you through the whole game. So, you know, I, I to me, last night was not a one-off uh, performance-wise. It was <laughs> – just as simple as as seeing the ball go in. What what are your thoughts? Well, I would agree with that, and I I thought I, I I think you're spot on. I thought it was a performance we've seen before from Clemson, and you know, somewhat in a frustrating manner, it's a performance that we haven't seen in a while. Um, we talked about yesterday, and even a little bit on uh, on Monday show that Clemson's best performances have been on the road in conference play, and even in the non-conference. They've just been good, and I think it it speaks to the veteran nature. There are certain players who thrive on that environment. I think Joe Girard is animated by shutting people up. I think P.J. Hall is animated by shutting people up. I put five things on Twitter last night that I thought Clemson needed to do, and I, I want to underscore that I put these out there, and rationally I said these are attainable, but they have not done this very much lately. This is not something that, like, if they – if they play like they did in the second half against Louisville or they play like they did against Virginia or they play like they did in some of these other games, they're not going to do these and they're not going to win. Um, but they did all of these things but one, and they did the other one enough that it was, it was, um, it, it was good for them and it, it led to a win. I thought they had to get 70 or more percent of their defensive rebounds. South, uh, North Carolina gotten 36% of offensive rebounds. Clemson's la- in league play. Clemson's last two opponents have gotten 44% of offensive rebounds. Clemson got 77% uh, of defensive rebounds last night. It was astounding. I think North Carolina's first offensive rebound in the second half when they were actually making a run came at like the five-minute mark. It was that one possession where they got like five tips in a row, 
and I think they got credit for three offensive rebounds, Ben, I thought that was one of the main differences in the game, that if North Carolina was missing shots, uh, which they have done through league play, they, are, they have not shot a very high percentage, but offensive rebounds and free throws have kept them alive in games. Clemson did not allow that to be a part of things last night. I thought that was huge. Uh, I did, too. The other point of emphasis and frustration by me and many people have been how you close out games. Uh, Clemson was certainly not perfect in the last four minutes, but neither was North Carolina, and that really helped. At the 335 mark, Quack, to the end of the game, uh, just a, a couple of quick comparisons here. Uh, North Carolina was called for four fouls, Clemson for two. North Carolina turned the ball over three times to, to Clemson's one. Um, North Carolina missed four shots, Clemson missed five. They North Carolina made one at the buzzer, uh, so they went the last 335 with only one shot from the field, and that was with two seconds to go. Uh, Clemson only hit two shots from the field in that stretch. Uh, basically, misses were the same. And then North Carolina was three for four from the foul line. Clemson was five out of seven. Um, you know, so you I mean, you weren't you you weren't like flawless by any stretch of the imagination, but defensively you got it done. And that helped balance the the scales a little bit uh, in in an environment like that down the stretch. The other thing, quickly, is and look, I I don't want to become the officials guy, but I kind of have since the Duke game, and and that's okay. <laughs> I don't think it was a negative that you had two officials calling the game last night that were from a from other conferences. Yep. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, the game was was very well officiated. And those guys, especially Sermon, who or Sermons, I think is his last name, he's one of the top Big, T, Big 12 guys. He calls Big 10 and Big 12. He's one of the top officials in the nation. He was not intimidated by that building or influenced by that building. And I, you know, like it or not, that is life in the ACC, and I that I think that was a factor. You got a fair shake. I think so too. I mean, I thought there were a couple calls. I thought Clemson drew two jump balls that should have been jump balls, yeah, and they look, were called there, fouls and there's, always gonna, the there's always going to be some right. calls, right? I mean, uh, right. PJ, but I, I think PJ probably traveled there in one of those possessions yes. right at the end. I agree. Um, yeah, under two minutes left, I, yeah. I would agree. I thought they got away with the travel. And I think it was a possession where they scored, as a matter of fact. And, you know, but or, or, uh, two or three minutes earlier, Baycott did the same thing in the lane. So, you know, it it, it at least – and officials are always going to miss calls. I just felt like you weren't fighting, playing more than five guys last night. I thought – and a couple things. I thought one of the main keys was that, like, Baycott's going to get his – we know that. Even when he struggles, he's going to get his. He was not getting clean looks early in the game, but he was making free throws. He's going to score. But you, what North Carolina's recent opponents did not do, and what Clemson actually did a very good job of for the most part in the first meeting, was they didn't let Harrison Ingram go off. Ingram had had double-doubles in five of his last six games. Since the Clemson game, where he had like nine and four in the first meeting or something like that, he had double figures in either points or rebounds or both in every league game. Last night he had 11 points and six rebounds, I think it was, and was not a big factor. He left with cramps, uh, came back on, but 
He left with cramps late in the game. I thought Chase Hunter, um, I was talking to a staff member after the South Carolina game that said it was the best defense on the ball that Chase has played in two years uh, when yeah. he was facing Michi Johnson. I felt his defense on R.J. Davis was generally very good last night, considering that Davis made some very tough shots. And if you look at it, he was effective in the game, but far from efficient. Uh, he had, what, he took 20, what was it, 20 shots, 22 shots, and had 22 points. He was 5 of 12 from 3, and I think two of those five makes were step backs or step to the side or something like that. And I thought Chase not needing as much help on Davis was huge because Ryan didn't get going, Cadeau was off. You just didn't have other guys impacting the game because the defense on Davis and the defense on Baycott I thought were good enough that you didn't have to overhelp. And and to your point, Chase not only defended well, he denied well. And, I mean, there were possessions that North Carolina was doing everything they could to get the ball in R.J. Davis's hands. And and Chase just would not allow it. His his stat line from a shooting standpoint doesn't look great. I I would argue the stat line last night in terms of an impact on the overall outcome of the game lies for Chase. I mean, yeah, he, that's I right. Mean, he, it that it lies, and the the three field goals that he had, they were all big when he had them too. And 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 again. Defensively, you didn't need uh, you didn't need Josh and uh, and and Dylan on the floor as much last night because Chase got the job done. That's right, and uh, you did rely a lot on your starters. I would point out, I thought Chauncey Wiggins had a couple of big shots, um, and I thought R.J. Godfrey gave some good competitive minutes. Um, he only had three rebounds; he misses two shots, but I thought he gave good competitive minutes in the game, and. It, I think the whole thing, it came down to the best players being the best players. Um, and P.J. Hall was the best player on the floor last night. I said he had to be 40% from three because they needed to have a threat that would keep Baycott away from the basket. I thought it was incredibly important. The first offensive set that Clemson ran last night, I believe it was P.J. Hall at the, the, um, at the top of the key, I think over toward the right wing, did a high-low post entry to Chase Hunter. And they were able to invert the floor that way because you get Baycott out of the lane, then Clemson's got a length and a size, either an advantage or a competitiveness with Hunter and with Shefflin. They used P.J. away from the basket to pull that big away, knowing that you've got to respect his shot. And it created opportunities for Ian. It created opportunities for Chase and for drivers um, to be able to get inside the arc and to create. I thought they set a great tone with that early in the game. Ben, I don't know if you noticed that, but – yeah. I was like, okay, that's how they're going to play this today. And then, of course, right after that, P.J. hits a couple threes. He ends up going four for ten for the game. His presence and Joe Girard's presence outside the arc provided a nice distraction. It was very good in the game, but it provided a nice distraction when Clemson did want to score around the rim. Yeah, and I had no problem at all with where P.J. was on the floor. Uh, until the end, um, if there was one thing that I would be critical of is once Baycott had four fouls, um, and, and North Carolina was kind of – they were playing like they were tired inside. Once he had four fouls, I think I would have I preferred to have uh, P.J. back inside posting up a little more than he was. But, you know, outside of that, it, it's hard to find fault in anything that he did. And even 
when he got in foul trouble, you know, you went through, I think it was a nine minute, either seven or nine minute period without him on the floor. And you lost some of your lead, but not all of it. And then as as soon as he came back in, you went on a 7-0 run. That's right. His presence, obviously, was incredibly important on the floor last right. night. And the last thing, uh, the last thing that I'll say in this segment, and we've got much more to say about this game and the the impact, is that the historic nature of the game was not big. And I like I've I've said before that sometimes the the like today's athletes, modern athletes, maybe don't appreciate history as much as maybe their predecessors did. They're really thinking about the here and now. Um, they're very much in the moment. I actually thought that was big because if you're a Clemson fan watching on the couch, when the three goes in to tie the score at 70 apiece, you're thinking about all the times. And I could think of five immediately, times where Clemson either was ahead or the game was tied down the stretch, and then these dagger shots go in and the crowd goes nuts, and you basically have no chance after that. Joe Girard has no institutional history of Clemson. He struggled his whole career against North Carolina, but he didn't give a rat's about that. Uh, that guy made huge shots because he's not having to play history. And, you know, Brad Brownell said the first one was hard. This one, this is the second one. It was, it was a little bit easier because you've seen that happen before. I think Clemson played in that strength where they weren't trying to battle history, whether it's because players don't dwell on that as much anymore or because they'd already done this once. I thought that was a major strength, and Gerard made a couple of shots that you have to have absolute ice water in your veins to even take, much less hit in critical moments last night. Ben, I thought that was a factor. I really do, that there, there was not this weight of history on Clemson last night. Mm-hmm. Look, they missed some free throws. They, 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 didn't, they weren't perfect down the stretch, but they got stops, and they made the biggest shots of the game, and they were composed in the biggest moments, as you pointed out earlier. And I, I thought th- all of those were necessary to get the win. Yeah, and finally, you know, I was at the the first win there as well. The first win, you know, you, I certainly don't remember the demeanor of the of the the team or anything like that. But you know, if you're being honest, you you know that your program has never ever won there, and so you can't you don't have a an extremely high uh, sense that you're going to get it done that night. Last night, you know, I mean, and I'll. I, I won't share everything. I'll just say they 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 kind of expected to win last night. I mean, they they knew they were good enough to compete, and if you can get it, keep it close down the stretch. You know, anybody's got everybody's got a chance, and I mean, I think that was the mentality. I I, I kind of liked the approach that they had in that they were not surprised that they won that game. Uh, we will have more on this game coming up. When we return from a short break, we will begin a little bit of baseball talk with Clemson pitching coach Jimmy Bellinger. He's very excited about his staff, I can tell you that. Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues live on campus right after this. Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota, also known as Halt and Anderson. First Class Halt, your dealership alternative since 2011, wants to be your preferred service center. With factory trained technicians, OEM parts, and top-of-the-line diagnostic equipment, we have one goal to keep you on the road. This is why we offer a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty, courtesy shuttle, and repeat rewards. Anderson, what are you waiting for? Come experience First Class Halt, your dealership alternative for Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. 
Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, it's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. The Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, Seawee, returns to downtown Charleston February 16th through 18th with new and returning special events. Don't miss dock dogs and herding demos at Brittlebank Park. Birds of Prey flight demos at Marion Square. Live animal shows by Jeff Corwin at the Galliard. The sporting showroom at the Charleston Marriott. And so much more. Tickets start at $35. Kids 10 and under are free. Don't miss Seawee, the wildest time in Charleston. Get your tickets today. Visit Seawee.com. S-E-W-E.com. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from On Running, Vans, Ufos, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally... Go Tigers! Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. An ultimate day of relaxation and rejuvenation from Lilia Day Spa in Anderson is the perfect gift for her on Valentine's Day. Year after year, they've been voted Anderson's premier spa, and their staff is ready to treat her mind, body, and spirit in a relaxing and private setting. Choose a sweet treat package or a Be Mine package, a sweetheart or a Cupid's holiday package. Lilia Day Spa can create something special, or a gift certificate is ideal for Valentine's. Anderson's premier day spa, Lilia Day Spa, 116 Benson Street, downtown Anderson. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. What's Quok ranting about? I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Find out weekdays from noon to 3, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. I can't wait till I get you on for good looking. Welcome back here to Clemson. 
For Out of Bounds, Hour 1 continues, and uh, we got a lot more to say about Clemson in North Carolina. Believe me, uh, we got a lot more to get to on that. Uh, first, though, we're going to talk a little baseball, and uh, we've got a slew of interviews coming your way. We start on the mound, uh, the place where every play starts in baseball with pitchers, and we have pitching coach Jimmy Bellinger with us. Coach, it's a pleasure to see you, as always, and uh, for, for two reasons. One, I just like to see you, and I like to talk to you. But secondly, it means the season's just around the corner. Yeah, we're getting started. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're, uh, we're excited to have you. Uh, take us back to this time a year ago. How are your perceptions, how are your conversations with your pitchers, the things that you're talking about as coaches getting ready for the season, how are they different? What new challenges or things that you're not maybe challenged by that you're – uh, that, that kind of make this time of year a little bit different than when you're you're really still learning about your players and what you had last year. Last year's a lot of you're, you're trying to put in your foundation of of what kind of what matters to you as a as a pitching coach and the things that you feel like are going to lead to success. So a lot of it's just implementing that, and that takes time. And then it's getting guys to buy in, and a lot of the buy in has to happen on the field um, and ha- going out and having success. So a lot of it was that and. You know, just like we were learning them, they were learning us. So it's, you know, that takes time to build that trust where you come in. Uh, this year, the guys know what to expect. They know what to expect from EB. They know what to expect from me, kind of how practice is run, how training is run. And uh, it's just, it's been a lot smoother in that regard. But, you know, then you have the challenges of the success we had last year, you know, and guys who had success last year, guys who are coming into a big year that might be their draft year. So those are always challenges every year that you, you have to to approach and tackle. But uh, we've been doing a pretty good job of it so far. I uh, I was looking at some of the numbers, and roughly, Brian Hennessy helped me out with this, roughly two-thirds of your innings, roughly two-thirds of your starts are back. And I know the first thing people are thinking about when they go into an offseason and a preseason is like, okay, who's not there? Who are we missing? But it strikes me as a pretty good number because you get enough back, you get some healthy arms back and some guys that did a lot of work for you. At the same time, there's still room for development, growth, and opportunity to be had for some guys that didn't get as much run last year. Is that a fair assessment of where you guys stand? Yeah, yeah. And we got a lot of our starts back, but we got a lot of our bullpen back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you got to, if you're going to be really good, you got to be good at the back end. So we got a lot of older guys that got a lot of college experience that, that are at the back end that we can do some different things with. Hey, you're building around that group uh, sort of from the back forward is the way that uh, Coach Backett sh- uh, shared with us a couple weeks ago. Who are some of those anchor guys? We're going to talk to Rob Hughes later. I-, I-, I take it he's in the plan. Who else is sort of in that plan late in games that you can kind of, again, build that staff from the back forward? Yeah, you, obviously you named Rob. He's a, he's a big one. Nick Clayton, who had a great year for us last year. You know, he's a fifth-year senior. Um, you have um, – Lucas Malstead, who's a transfer from Wofford, who is a submariner who threw 83 innings last year. Wofford put up great numbers. He's he's really talented. Um, Reed Garris, who you know put up really good numbers for us last year. He'll be he'll be behind a little bit. He's a little bit behind his throwing program, so he's going to take him a couple weeks to get going. Uh, but he'll be a huge part of what we got going on. And then you got guys like Rocco Reed and Billy Barlow and um, just a lot of guys that have been here for a few years that have been through it. So it's like I said, we have a lot of different looks and uh, a lot of experience back there. You were able to do that pretty well last year, and I, I'll admit, Coach Backett, he was talking about you uh, on with us, and he said, you know, the way that he says simple things like throw strikes uh, is impactful in the way you teach that. And I'm sitting there going, okay, that's great, but, like, changing Ty Olinchuk's slot, doing things with Nick Clayton to make him more impactful, like those little tweaks and things – 
you're constantly doing that, right? I mean, it's not just about strikes, but trying to figure out, okay, that was a strike, but can we make that a little bit more effective, a little more impactful, and make this guy have a little more success? Yeah, you, you just, I mean, obviously, if it's not if it's not broken, you ain't trying to fix it. You know, there's plenty of guys who I just try to stay out of their way. But if a guy's not in a good way, you know, you know, don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You know, so we had to, you know, try some things. And to those guys' credit, they're they're really coachable and they're open to stuff and there's a lot of stuff we try that don't work, you know. We just happen to see some of the stuff that does. What does Rob bring as a guy who's about as old as y'all are, who's been in college for a long time, um, has had some injuries and a lot of life experience, a lot of adversity thrown his way. What does he bring that sort of trickles down to the rest of the staff? I think you just you just said it. You know, just he's been through adversity. Uh, he's got a ton of life experience, a lot of college baseball experience where – Maybe a young guy whose year doesn't start off very good or goes out and doesn't have a very good outing and thinks the world's coming to an end. You know, he's able to, you know, talk to that guy or a guy who is going through an injury and going through rehab and is having setbacks in his rehab, which most of them do. Uh, he's able to talk to, you know, and, you know have, he has those experiences that he can go and talk to those guys about. Visiting with Jimmy Bellinger, Clemson uh, pitching coach here on a Wednesday, uh, opening day for baseball, nine days away. Hard to believe it's uh, right around the corner. Um, you guys, as you sort of talked about rotation, talked about who's going to get the ball first and things of that nature, names like Gordon and Smith come up, and there's some others scattered in the conversation. Uh, you may not have three, but what's that bank of guys look like that you're still sort of putting under consideration for next weekend? This weekend's going to be big on figuring that out. You know, we're going to mm. have uh, – I think the plan right now is to have the guys that we feel like are in the mix there to start – that we'll throw against our starting lineup, you know, which will be a good one. But – you know, Billy Barlow's in the mix, obviously Tristan Smith, Gordon. Uh, we have a freshman, Aiden Canock, that's in the mix. Joe Allen, Matt Marshall, who's a transfer from Wofford, who's got, I mean, the most experience uh, starting out of anybody on our team. Uh, so I'd say probably those six guys uh, right now are in the mix. And then there's some other guys that might, you know, like last year, you know, just kind of come along. You know, Ethan Darden, you know, pitched on Friday nights for us last year. You know, he'll probably start in the pen for us early this year, but you never know. I was going to ask you about him next because he's a guy that I know last year uh, when I talked to you guys, you were basically like, yeah, we feel like we can pitch him in literally any situation and he'll do a job for us. Having a guy like that that is not only flexible but is willing to be used in those spots, uh, what type of luxury item is that for you as you try to piece this thing together? It's great. You have got, you have to have those swingman guys that, that can start a game, close a game, come in and get you nine outs in the middle of a game. And it's they got to be open to doing it, you know. And he's he wants to he wants to win. So whatever we he has to do to win, he'll do anything for us. I think the sort of mantra from fans about freshmen is like if they've got good stuff, that's good. You got to teach them to throw strikes. Where are some of these freshmen that are going to contribute on that ledger? Is this sort of an advanced strike throwing class? Is it a stuff class? How would you sort of characterize some of those guys? I'd probably both. I mean, we probably have three that you'll see pretty early that will get some innings early. Is uh, Aiden Kanak, who I mentioned, uh, he's he's really talented. Um, he can he's got really good stuff and he can command the ball pretty well. Uh, Justin Lagernick, a low slot lefty who's got great stuff, really high end stuff, who you'll probably see out of the bullpen early in his career. And then same thing with Drew Titsworth, another big arm, high end stuff, uh, tough look. And I think those three guys you'll see get some good innings early on. Uh, you get to face the offense. You talked about your starters going against the regulars. And I always like to ask pitchers, pitching coaches, things like that, about the offense that they face for a month. 
how would you describe the lineup that you've seen and even some of the guys that are sort of waiting in the wings to get those roles? What type of a team do you have on that side of things? I think we're just as deep offensively as we are on the mound. And uh, if you would have been here this weekend, you would think our pitching staff was terrible and our <laughs> offense was awesome because they made this ballpark look small. Uh, but we we got speed and power, some experience. I mean, so you start, you know, going through the things that you look for in an offense. We check a lot of boxes there. I was going to ask you, it's a little bit like a, a spring football scrimmage. We say all the time, like, if you score a bunch of points, you're mad about the defense. If you don't score, you're mad at the offense. You're not even thinking about how great one yeah. side or the other is. That's got to be horrible as a pitching coach to see that. Every scrimmage, the hitting coach or the pitching coach is leaving pissed. You know, just <laughs> one or the other. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your off season. Do you feel more settled into Clemson? I mean, uh, you guys, I know year one is a little bit of acclimation. Uh, you get here, obviously, a few months before the season starts. But do you feel a little more settled in things uh, around here and what you're doing, yeah, the routines? Yeah, I was. And then we, we decided to have another kid. So we had a kid uh, oh, man. March 29th. So same day as my daughter. So I have two kids on the same day. So I have three total. And uh, he came quick. We were at Georgia Tech and I got a call from my wife, you know, get the hell home. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and she's, I mean, I've been, ever since I've been with her, I've been a coach. So she gets it and we got our bus whooped on that day. And she said, well, you better get back to Atlanta, you know. So <laughs> I got back there the next day. Luckily, it was an easy drive. But, you know, so it, we were getting settled in and then you have a new child and Going from two to three feels like going from two to five hundred, so that's uh, that's been a whole other challenge. But it's been great. Zone defense. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what they say. We call it that. I mean, just <laughs> figuring it out. Yeah. Um, do you seriously like the 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 way that you relate to your players? Where this time last year you're having to teach a lot, and now they know your terminology. They understand what you expect of them. Does it make it easier in some ways? Are there new challenges that come with that? There's always new challenges. You know, you, you deal with, like I said, the the draft is a big one with guys. Um, you know, obviously we had a good year last year, so it's the complacency you're dealing with. And then you just, you got to hammer, you got to have a good foundation. So you're just always hammering home the foundation because at some point it's going to go bad during the season. Like it went bad for us last year at one point. And you have to have something to fall back on. So it's just something you're, you just got to stay on because once you slip off it a little bit, then that's when things will go sideways. Are there goals, objectives, things that you really want to see your staff do this year to level up and take another step? I mean, it, it's a process. I mean, it, it, you break it down. I mean, it's usually the, the team that throws the most strikes, makes the most routine plays, and gets the most timely hits wins. So, like, mm -hmm. obviously on our end, we got to do a good job of attacking the strike zone. Um, I think we did a lot of – you know, a lot of good in a lot of areas, you know, last year. Um, probably, our, you know, it would be good to, you know, see our starting pitching, you know, come along, you know, and kind of get that solidified in the first couple of weeks there. Um, but, again, somebody's going to come along like a Caden Grice, you know. If Caden Grice doesn't do what he did last year, we probably aren't the team we were, you know. So, um, just, I would say just stay the course, you know. Keep doing, make it, keep it simple. I love it. Uh, simple is better, uh, especially when you get results. Yeah. And you, you guys uh, you guys got results, and we're very excited to see the results this year. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Coach Jimmy Bellinger, good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. Good Clark. luck uh, as we head toward the season. All right, take care. All right, we'll come back for more. Eric Backage is going to join us on the other side. Hour 1 continues right after this. Clemson softball is ready to hit the field for the 2024 season, and the Roar has you covered for their first tournament of the year. We'll have three games live on The Roar, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Every broadcast will be available as well on ClemsonTigers.com. 
as we await the Tigers' debut in McWherter Stadium this spring. Be sure to catch the debut of the 2024 Clemson softball team right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. I'm Eddie Bennett. Winter means colder weather and hot deals on Takeuchi at Bennett Equipment. We have Takeuchi track loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments ready to go to work today. Why settle for less with other brands when you can have the best in Takeuchi? Stop by any of our four convenient locations and see why Bennett and Takeuchi set the standard for equipment sales and rental. And remember, when you need equipment in the upstate or northeast Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. Timmy, everybody. Great job. Next up, we have Samantha. Ten times better performance can make a big difference. Castrol Edge motor oil gives your engine ten times better high temperature performance. Castrol Edge, better oil for maximum performance. Now through March 4th, get five quarts of Castrol Edge or Edge high mileage full synthetic and an oil filter for $36.99, only at AutoZone. Claim based on sequence 3H test versus API SP test limits. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screen porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. William Nichols from Scores Jewelers. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones. Like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend, birthdays and Christmases, and maybe the biggest day of all, the marriage of two people. Her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold. On the day it's given as a gift, it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together. In a few years, you won't remember the price tag on her engagement ring. But you will remember that look on her face when you open the box. That moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words. This is the true value of a ring. The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers and Anderson and online at scoresdiamondjewelers.com and I want to be your jeweler. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, leadership training, and team building for companies across many industries. Call Ryan at 864-513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate to discuss how we can create a custom labor strategy. The Roar, the only media outlet where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's going to be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day.
Alright, hour one continues. Out of bounds. William Quagginbush and Ben Milstead live here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. That's a great uh that's a great between inning song or a little uh little late BP song when people are filing in. Uh gets me in the mood right there. Um and uh speaking of in the mood, I'm in mood I'm in the mood for a I don't. I can't explain this to you. I was talking to Mike Vaughn about this yesterday. Sometimes I'm just in the mood for like a really healthy, like a salad. And I two years ago I could not have said that. I've never, I've never once in my life, uh, as of two years ago, been in the mood for a salad. And yet uh, today I just feel like eating healthy all day long. Feel like eating healthy, and that's thanks to PhD weight loss. Uh, again, talking to Mike, he said, you know, a lot of vegetables taste different now. And that's one of the things that I thought was awesome about the program is that I wasn't just, like, learning to tolerate food. I was learning to actually like food that was uh, tolerable and uh, before. And so I, uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, the Ph.D. weight loss program. And you will, too. Not just the results, but, like, the things you get to eat and the things you get to do. It'll make your life better. Uh, and uh, for more information on that, you can go to the website at myphdweightloss.com. Dr. Lucas and her team would love to help you. That's myphdweightloss.com. You know, it occurs to me, Ben, that we did not get your thoughts on Toby Keith. Uh, we talked a little bit about Toby yesterday, and uh, we did not get your thoughts on Toby Keith yesterday and his tragic passing. Um, and uh, yesterday, uh, Michael's very good at uh, giving us a little, giving us a little Toby love. Your thoughts as a very uh, very musical person uh, and a Toby Keith fan? I I have been a big fan of his since day one. Uh, I was, and you know when I heard about the stomach cancer a couple of months ago, it it sounded as if this day was going to come sooner rather than later. So it's uh, you know a, a sad day, but uh, you know what. It also reminds you that it doesn't matter who you are or how famous you are or how much money you've made in your life. Uh, that day comes for all of us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not, not trying to be morbid here, but that's, you know, that's the reality of things. Uh, it certainly is. And, um, it was, I mean, it hit people in a, it hit a lot of people in an emotional spot. And, um, uh, that was, uh, that was uh, certainly very sad news. Good news on the program when we have Eric Backich stopping by, head coach of uh, the Tigers. We're nine days away. First of all, welcome. Glad to see you. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Quok. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, shout out to our Tiger Hoops team. What a win last night, baby. That was awesome. I love it. I love it. It was, uh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit at the start of the show. And, um, you know, that is that is something that I don't get a chance to ask coaches a lot, but, like, Y'all root for each other. Like, y'all text each other. Y'all have relationships a little bit. Like, you you do root for each other and celebrate each other's wins and hurt for each other's losses. Like, there's a there's oh, a bond that connects you. Oh, it's unbelievable. We have a head coaching uh, uh, group chat, and that thing is on fire after all the success of this athletic department. Just, you know, all of us were at gymnastics event, and just what an electric atmosphere that was. And then with both soccer teams with Eddie and Mike and their runs and, you know, Mike winning a second national championship in, in two years and then following the women's team to just, you know, new heights, uh, historical records for them as well, getting to the College Cup. So, yeah, we're, we're all big fans of each other and pull for each other in every way, and that's just, 
you know, just a small example of what a Clemson family is all about. You know what the process looks like of building a team that can do extraordinary things, and you watched that happen uh, last year, although you've been very upfront saying the goal is Omaha. You didn't get there, did some nice things along the way. Where is this group, since we talked a couple weeks ago, in your eye as you know what it takes to develop into that? Where on that spectrum are they right now? Uh, well, they're, they're – I don't know if you could, like, say – you could score it in terms of because we haven't you know haven't played any games but if you were to to just evaluate them in terms of uh just their mindset and uh and how they approach and attack each day i would say it's off the charts um just with the the hunger and the humility that they brought into the fall there was uh, more of a chip on their shoulder than anything of just uh knowing that you know, we, we had a real shot at something, do something very special last year, and I'm not saying an ACC championship isn't special, but just the the trajectory it felt like we were on and the, and the momentum that we had and then to, to just kind of crash land and fall short. Um, you know, they came into the fall just especially these returning players and then what they imparted onto the new guys have just – you know, this is what it takes, and these are the standards, and here's how we're going to uphold them. And then just to see them go through the fall with just the discipline and the in the way and the the way they had did it, in the way they attacked it, and then to end up with a result like a a 3.27 team GPA, which shattered the record that we set last year of a 3.09. So they just they just got after it in all areas, um, and it's just, you know community service, academics. You know, we don't have a scoreboard in the fall, so that was kind of the scoreboard. You know, and having a GPA and community service hours and those things. So thinking that if we attach that same mentality of how you do anything is how you do everything to then this spring season, then it certainly feels like good things are in store for us. And we've earned the right to get hot at the end because it does take uh, very much that it's, you know, you have to you have to earn the opportunity to get hot at the end. And the team did it last year, but fell a little bit short. Um, but this team, I think they're, they're extremely, obviously they're very motivated, but, um, they just know that they have to keep the target on growth and they're not going to get complacent. I do not think that is, a um, that is a, a threat of this team. Um, it be, and they're very aware of that. They know they're going to get everybody's best. They know we've got a more of a target than we did last year, just because expe- expectations are higher externally. Um, but this is a fun group to be around. I'm excited to watch him get after it this spring. Hey, Coach Bellinger, we just had him on, and he was effusive in his praise of your offense. He said he was pissed after the uh, after the weekend because it felt like the pitchers weren't any good. Uh, what can you say about the way that those guys have handled their opportunities to face a pitching staff that you guys have a lot of belief in? Yeah, we feel really good about the pitching staff. And this time of the year, you know, early on the pitchers are always ahead of the hitters. It's just – you know that's just the way it usually is but then as you kind of get into the season you see you see the script flip a little bit because these same hitters are facing these same pitchers and i guess you could argue both ways both both should get accustomed uh but uh we've just got an older uh veteran group you know on both both sides pitching and and hitting uh but the hitters you know have uh have really just uh yeah they've 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 made any mistake pitches uh get punished uh they the pitchers have had to 
learn that valuable lesson of when you face good, experienced, physical, offensive teams and you leave a pitch over the center of the plate, it's going to get hit hard. Uh, and so it's been good. It's been good for both sides because we've got, you know, we've got our hitters are seeing some really good stuff and we've got our, our pitchers are seeing a lot of very good hitters in that lineup. So, uh, you know, it bodes well and we'll just, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how, how we do and we'll, we'll inevitably get that gut punch and get that adversity and get knocked down and, and our response will shape the identity of this team and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll make us tougher in the end. I know you've got one more weekend of scrimmages and some more uh, data points uh, to use as you try to make some decisions. Do you feel fairly clear-headed about it, or is it still a muddled picture as we're uh, just about a week away from having to finalize what the opening lineup's going to look like? Oh, it's, it's as muddy as Lake Hartwell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See through it as much as you can see through Lake Hartwell. Um, yeah, no, we, we have a pretty good idea of maybe of – we know we've got 13 or 14 hitters that we've got to get in the lineup. We know we've got 12 or 13 pitchers that have to pitch. Now the real challenge is going to be how do you keep all those guys happy? The real threat of this team is when we do have to cut the playing time in half from what we're doing and scrimmaging each other in the preseason in the fall to now we're, we're playing games against another shirt and only half the guys play. Um, how are we gonna? How are we gonna handle that? How are the players gonna handle that? How are they gonna? They know that because it's part of our standards to love the team more than you love your individual role. But that's much easier said than done. And so we're doing a lot of our classroom curriculum right now uh, is on that and on servant leadership and on on uh, embracing your role, whatever your role is, but loving the team ultimately more than you love that individual role. So we'll have some challenges there, but. These are all good problems to have. We'd much rather have the problems of depth than the problems of no depth. I don't know that I've ever asked you this, but you're talking about what you're going through in your classroom time with the team. Does that change year to year based on situation, circumstance, or is there sort of a, a, a rubric that you use that you've sort of fine-tuned over time where you know what they need in these moments of development through the season? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like going through, um, you know, an educational system where you – you have a curriculum, but that curriculum can adjust to current events or adjust to team needs, and you have enough content where you can alter things to keep it new, but there are some fundamental things that are always going to be a bedrock staple of the foundation of, of what we do, whether it's mental game training or a connection to our ancestry where we you know call and interview and connect with, with alums and former players. But there's there's components that never change, and then there's some of it that can tweak and adjust to keep it fresh and keep it interesting so that the guys aren't going through the same stuff for three or four straight years. Visiting with Eric Backich here, uh, Clemson head coach. A couple things that I want to make sure we get because there are questions that we get a lot. Um, one is the, the neutral side game for South Carolina. It took a little bit of time to nail that down. Uh, there were lots of questions we were getting about the TBD nature of that. Any uh, any insight into those conversations? And I know uh, Clemson fans, like if you're an IPTA member, you can get your tickets now and make sure it truly is a neutral venue. But just what are your thoughts on that process as it played out? You know, that that was actually more conversations at the administrative level than the coaches making the decision. Um, but, you know, that I think it, Greenville is considered to be more of a, a neutral site uh, game that tilts in our favor, and then obviously playing a neutral site game in Columbia is not really a neutral site 
So I think we landed on that, you know, we'll be the home team when it's the neutral site in Columbia and South Carolina will be the home team when it's the neutral site in Greenville and just kind of continue with that cadence of always having, you know, one game at each school's campus site and then keep flip-flopping the neutral site. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I know there's been discussions about doing, you know, two at one school and one at the other and or just all three, but I, I think for the for the foreseeable future, it'll be a, a home neutral away or away neutral home. Opening day, by the way, uh, you can get those tickets uh, at Sager Park. So if you're a Clemson fan looking to get tickets, not an IPTA member, uh, they'll be available to you on February the 16th. Um, a couple more for you while we got a, a couple more minutes here. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about Will Taylor last time. We talked about Canarelli, we talked about Wright. Those big three, it's almost like the opposite of the pitching staff, right? We have about two-thirds of your – uh, innings and starts. You got about one third of your at bats and things like that on the uh, on the offensive side. It's an interesting, uh, I think, an interesting challenge because those guys are bedrocks, and you you've talked about that. Like they're going to play, and then it's up to the other guys to sort of figure out where they slot in and earn their job. What have you seen from those three guys as they elevate themselves as that sort of core three for you offensively? Yeah, they're just the three of them are very consistent. They're high production and low maintenance kids. I mean, they just. Uh, they're awesome to be around um you know all three of them have different and unique skill sets but combined collectively can make for a very dangerous top of the order and if we were opening the season today that would be our our one two three it'd go canarella taylor right um so it's just you know it's, it's three just just very good players up at the top you know when you asked about will taylor specifically i mean how many kids would give up their scholarship you know, mm -hmm. it's at a time where it's it's more of what can I get and and you know trying to trying to you know take a money grab. These these kids, you know, you got a, a family like Will Taylor who's willing to give up a full ride in football to be on no scholarship in baseball. Um, so if if anybody was looking for you know an NIL donation, he'd be a great candidate just because of the type of family that this is and. And, uh, you know, having breakfast with he and his dad uh, up in the Cape when, you know, they were they were making the decision to, to give up football and just focus on baseball. And, his, you know, and it, we sit down to breakfast and his, his dad, Eddie, blesses the meal and just says, you know, like talks about from a gratitude standpoint how blessed they've been to for Clemson to enrich Will's life the way it has with the people like coach Sweeney and the football staff and and our staff and and all of his teammates in both sports to give him the opportunity that to be a two-sport athlete he he came from that angle and and said you know they're not looking for a handout from an NIL standpoint and this isn't about money this is about what's best for long term for his career i just want to come across the table and give the guy a big hug. I mean, you know, <laughs> especially coming off a different conversation for the different family where it was totally the opposite of that. Um, you know, it's just it's just great to to have people like that that are so uh, you know, deep rooted in their values, in their faith. Um, and so I am excited for Willie T. Um, he's going to have a great year and um you know, really going to be a, a force for us at uh, hitting behind Cam Canarella at the top of the order. Awesome. Uh, we got about 30 seconds. Do you have an elevator pitch on Xavier? Have you have you thought a lot about them yet? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, they're good. I know them very well from just being in the same part of the country 
with them for the you know the previous 10 years before coming here you know it's a team that eliminated Vanderbilt in the regional last year they played for a regional championship they're well coached they've they've got good players they added a new very good coach to their staff in the yes, offseason in Riley Bertram <laughs> so to tell him to make sure he's not you know he's going to have to forget all the signs that he knows uh, otherwise he's out of the circle um <laughs> no i'm just kidding but uh, I'm, not, I'm really not kidding though um <laughs> no but they're good they're really good they've always got good players and they're always they're always well coached and they're always a force they're you know if you call them a mid-major they're they're you know you almost don't want to say that because they're a very good baseball team that's in regionals more often than not coach Backich, thanks for the time best of luck as we go to the season thanks Quark. yeah man hour two is next stay with us sluggish carrying extra weight or missing a step in the bedroom it's time for a change Book an appointment today at Low Country Mail. Our concierge testosterone replacement therapy plans start at just $220 a month, covering testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We also offer growth hormone replacement and top-notch anti-aging plans. Let's make men men again. Book today at lowcountrymail.com. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donuts in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open seven days a week. Pick up some delicious donuts and a cup of coffee. Share a box or two at your business meeting, at church, or with family and friends during a time of need. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kremes. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Need to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or a wood chipper? Maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor. McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union. Call 654-9187-CLEMSON or 718-1449-WEST-UNION. Call the plumber whose name is his number one, Tom Plumber. plumber fast. I always call one Tom plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call one Tom plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Call the plumber whose name is his number one, Tom plumber. Nothing says I love you like romantic, timeless jewelry. Even better when you can save an extra 20%. Right now at Diamonds Direct, all fashion favorite jewelry is 20% off. That's earrings, bracelets, pendants, bands, colored gemstone jewelry. Get 20% off Diamonds Direct's already unbeatable prices. Special financing, too. Get her something she can enjoy and appreciate for years to come. A fashion favorite from Diamonds Direct. Shop in-store or online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. 
Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, leadership training, and team building for companies across many industries. Call Ryan at 864-513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate to discuss how we can create a custom labor strategy. Here at The Roar, every day is game day. We are 105.5 and 97.5, The Roar. If I ask you twice and beg you pretty please, she'd have said yes in a New York minute. They never tied a knot. Hour number two out of bounds. William Quackenbush here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Ben Milstead back in the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection.